Welcome to Tech Breakfast, today's top headlines served hot by your host Aaron Bewley and Tyler Gates. So grab your coffee and let's get into it. Today is Wednesday, June 10th. There's nobody joining us on the show today. It's just me and you, Tyler. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm already 90% of the way through my second cup of coffee. That's, that's a strong place to be at 8 o'clock in the morning. Probably doesn't bode well for caffeine intake today, but uh, I'm doing very well. Good for you. Yourself, good for man? you. Doing really good, man. Doing really good. Um, I am really enjoying have this, having this conversation, uh, having these conversations with you every day and you know, yeah, meeting new here. people and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's We had some awesome guests. It, it, it's fun to kind of get people from the community. And it's also fun as we start to branch out too. Um, I hope I hope we get lots of people to kind of join and talk. I thought yesterday was not the hilarious part of yesterday aside was, was great. But having Josh on the show and talking about um, his you know domain, which is construction, was actually really neat. And then linking it back to what we do was fun for me. So I'm digging yeah. it, man. And if any of y'all thought that that was real, it was not. It wasn't really Christopher Walken. I had a conversation with my dad who was thoroughly convinced that it was him. And he called me to give me um, tips on how to talk to somebody, quote unquote, like that. So that way they don't get upset <laughs> 10 minutes into the show. not and run leave. off Christopher Walken. <laughs> I was like, dad, it wasn't I mean, really that sounds him. like a good, good list of tips, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. I'm not going to invite him to the show and then just not let him talk. Oh man, that's awesome. Anyway, um, let's let me give you all a few quick facts on the show. Every time I listen to a podcast, I always wonder, like, what's their total play count? Like, what kind of success are they having? Not like I'm trying to judge them on that, but I'm just curious. I, I'm an, an analytics nerd, right? Uh, so, just in case y'all are curious, uh, as of this morning, we have two thousand three hundred thirty total plays. It says our estimated audience size is seventy eight, which is pretty cool. And up we from keep, yesterday, that's good. Yeah, well, it goes up. You know, probably every other day, it probably adds one. So, and we Who's keep adding be our one today. Yeah. Welcome to the show, whoever you are. <laughs> Hit us up. Let us know you're listening. <laughs> I, there's there's like four people that I know listen, and I don't know the other seventy four. I don't know who they are. I mean, I'm sure I know who they are. Like if they told me. Anyway, and we keep adding countries, which is wild. Um, to, to think about getting on this show and having this conversation and people in the UAE, India, Japan, Israel, Puerto Rico, Sweden, Mexico, Portugal, Philippines, Austria, Finland, Slovakia, Spain, Russia, Switzerland, Norway. It just goes on and on and on and on and on. And uh, I couldn't be more honored that people are tuning in from around the world. It's wild. And what's funny too really is cool. if you click the analytics button here on Anchor, if you click the geographic location thing, it backs all the way out and it says 100% of our listeners are on Earth and we have <laughs> zero on any of the other planets in the solar Which is system. really disappointing. So, <laughs> you know, get on that. Well, it had me set a personal goal in my mind here in like maybe 20 years, we get some listeners on Mars. Yeah, or the moon from the moon okay. base. Yeah. Well, then you I mean, the I know that's not it's a not planet, listed. but it's a planetary body. I'd count it. Yeah. Well, so speaking of space... Uh, this was super cool news. Former astronaut becomes first person to visit both space and the deepest place in the ocean. And I just sent her a tweet. Uh, her name is Kathy Sullivan. And she was up in space, the first woman in space 36 years ago. And then I guess yesterday, looks like or about 24 hours ago, 
Uh, she visited the deepest known spot in the ocean in the Challenger Deep craft on World Oceans Day. So that was pretty cool. That is cool. It reminds me of uh, Johnny Kim, who um, I, I actually think the first time I heard about Johnny Kim was on uh, Reddit. And he is a Korean American who uh, is a Navy SEAL or a former Navy SEAL, went on to become a doctor and is now an astronaut and slated to actually get out into space. And, and if I remember correctly, because I, I don't know where the article is, this is something I just stumbled across the other day, but I think he's uh, going to be maybe the first Korean American or possibly oh, the I just first found Korean that, yeah. to go into space. Anyways, first Korean to go to space. 36 years old. <laughs> What are you doing like with all your that, life, Tyler? All that stuff is like amazing by itself. Like any one of those accomplishments makes me feel tiny. And then he has all three right now. And it's like, mind blown. He's my age. And it's, ah, what? Oh, that's so crazy. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, mad props, right? That That yeah. is beyond next level. That That is something else entirely. So how cool is that? So would you would you go to the deepest part of the earth in the ocean? Oh man, I would. I totally would. I mean that that's just like space flight as far as I'm concerned. It is uh as complicated if not more complicated to yeah, uh, I think get it's more to and survive man. in. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would so rather too. go to space. <laughs> Somehow that feels safer yes, because there's more explosives risky. to get you there, right? <laughs> well, and I do love explosives. <laughs> oh wait. <laughs> no neither Just, of those there's are something about safe. having miles and miles and miles and miles and miles of water over your head crushing yes, to you. crush you yes actively yeah. trying to squeeze everything out of you yeah no i agree it, it's crazy of course the vacuum of space is crushingly amazing as well the so. opposite direction yeah right right Ripping everything you apart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep uh no the I would totally do that. I, I think I would sign up to go into space. I would sign up to go into the deepest depths of the ocean too, or at least I would philosophically speaking, I think I would seriously have to consider either of those from like a family and current point in my life perspective. But uh, I have always been fascinated with both ends of that spectrum. Does that, can you call that single spectrum? I don't know, but <laughs> I think so. I think it's, I see it as a spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. Exploration, right? I, it always yeah, cracks me up, um, the effort and uh, money, everything that goes into space exploration. And I think it's obvious why, right? It, especially if you consider finding, um, you know, extra Earth-like habitable potential planets and habitable zones of, of distant stars and the sheer expanse of the known and perhaps unknown universe. Uh, space exploration is obviously top of mind for lots of scientific endeavors. And then space offers a lot of new ways to do things we've already done because of the vacuum, because of other, you know, extra earth bodies. But we know so little about the ocean too. I mean, we, we find out new things about earth regularly by doing what is arguably not even that intense uh, research-wise in the ocean. So yeah. it's uh, it's crazy how much we don't know about what's what's right here in our backyard, right? Yeah. And uh, let me correct myself because I think I said something wrong right at the beginning when I mentioned uh, what she had done, what Kathy had done. She wasn't in a craft called the Challenger Deep, because I think I said it that way. 
she went to the challenger deep which is oh, the cool. deepest known point in the earth oh cool, and it's yeah. uh yeah and if and if you're not familiar with that area it's the mariana trench mm-hmm. which kind of it, it does like a um it's like a, a backwards c around guam sort of ish it's like just east of guam if you don't know where guam is it's just east of the philippines if you don't know where philippines is just southeast of china so anyway and the challenger deep appears to be at the southernmost point of the mariana trench so that's where she was that's and, really cool uh, yeah it's it's wild man yeah the uh there there are some really cool infographics about the mariana trench and i think some of the the neatest ones that i have seen are are ones that actually go all the way from like surface level on earth down to maybe the core of the earth just to give reference to everything and the mariana trench of course is fascinatingly deep and i i'm not gonna remember the facts but i think you know you can put you know the empire state building the sears tower some of the some of the world's largest buildings forgive me i know those are both american structures and, and they are not you know the uh tallest buildings in the in the world anymore but i'm sure it was you know slanted towards that reference but you could you know bury them in the mariana trench that's it's deeper than those buildings. And I think by a long shot, even. Yeah. Um, well, so here's it's fun to watch, watch those infographics. Definitely a long shot, man. You can, you can bury Mount Everest. Yeah. There so you Mount go. Everest is like 29,000 feet. And the, the maximum known depth at that point is 36,000 feet. So, <laughs> so if you think about those flying, it's the inverse of, of your airplane, like a, a passenger jet, right? They'll, they'll fly at, you know, 36, 39,000 feet, whatever, right? It's the inverse of that. Yeah, that's so that's cool. That's insane. Uh, I'll have to find it. There, there are a couple that are so, so, so neat, like the vertical or horizontal. No, it would be vertical in that case. The scrolling infographics, the ones that are just massive scale, right? So every pixel represents something and you just scale down and down and down and down and down and down and down. Yeah. And it takes you forever to get to the bottom of it. And then oftentimes, or at least some of the more interesting ones, will compare it to some of the deepest, uh, you know, oil um, drilling sites that we've done, you know, on Earth, whether that's deep sea or what have you. And and you see just how deep we've drilled. And then it takes you further, and you see how thick the crust of the Earth is, and how how very little that is an impact. And all of a sudden, you're at you know planetary scale, and everything feels tiny again. <laughs> yeah, I love those versions. You've shared them a few times, uh, this like in, in space, right? Where you can yeah, see the oh, yeah. relative size of our planets to our sun and then the size of our sun to other suns. And then it's just, it gets insane. Here, I found I found one that I remember seeing a long time ago. I'm going to put it into the show notes so we can share it okay. out if people are interested in. But um, yeah, I, I love, and I, I will always love, I don't, I don't know that I'll ever get out of it, but um the scale and scope of whether it's earthly things or or extraplanetary, anything that goes from the smallest of small to the biggest of big has always been fascinating to me. I actually think that's one of the reasons that I got into physics in uh, high school was probably the first time I showed interest in it. Right. Yeah. But when you get to like Fermi scale, so like 10 to the negative 15 meters, and you're just talking about sub nanoscopic. So sub, particle level small and then you realize that like the expanse of space dwarfs that in the other direction <laughs> yeah and that things that are as fast as the speed of light make space seem still massive because it doesn't matter how fast you're going it's infinitely far away for all intents and purposes yeah. i always dug that stuff 
All right. Uh, what tech news? What what tech headlines? I saw you put something in here for Destiny Two, which yeah. dude, I haven't played in like a month. I love that I game, it. and I saw so many other things come out about it. I can't. I threw even... that in there for you. Yeah, thank you. Those are <laughs> yeah, all I stumbled that... across that. This... Oh, go ahead. Well, no, I just thank you. I I'll get to it at some point. Maybe maybe this weekend. I, the the building of the chicken coop is eating up all of the free time that I have because <laughs> those chickens I, I are growing so feeling, fast. Man. They need I, to get in their home. That was me in my side yard shed. Uh, it was supposed to be a short project, and then I just kept adding to it to make it last forever and you know survive nuclear winter or something. Yeah. And so uh, it took weekends on weekends on weekends, and now I can finally store tools outside of a garage. Yeah, so, you yeah, did an yeah, awesome yeah. job with that. Um, Thank you. All right, what else? What else? So Destiny Two did have a bunch of announcements. Um, okay. I read through the article real quick, and the highlights that I decided were important or interesting were. They announced, I think, something most people already knew, Destiny 2 is coming to PS5 and Xbox One X, um, but then they specifically stated that you'll expect to be able to play 60 frames per second at 4K. Uh, they announced the Beyond Light expansion, which I guess is uh, coming out maybe before the end of the year. Uh, I actually didn't make a note of that. And then a roadmap, including the Witch Queen, which is another expansion in 2021, and Lightfall in 2022, basically uh, committing to a, a bright future for the game, which is cool from awesome. a platform perspective. It doesn't sound like they'll be abandoning anytime soon. And uh, and then there's a new dungeon showing up tonight. I don't I don't actually play Destiny hmm. 2 very much, so I don't even know okay. what that means, to be honest. But Yeah, uh, no, that all means stuff to me. But There you go. Um, for those of y'all, like if any of the space talk uh, interests you and if you like playing, uh, you know, FPS games, this is this is definitely cool and where you get to go travel around um, a solar system and, uh, and have some fun. It's pretty cool. I missed a note there, too, that they said something about introducing new damage. So I guess that was a big change for huh. players of the game. And I, I honestly, I didn't dig into it enough. I skimmed that part because I don't okay. play it, but. Well, I'm going to try to play this weekend there you go. and get, there you go, go through all the updates and whatnot. Shoot me an invite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, what else? Let's see. Ooh, I liked this one. Uh, Google Meet brings AI-powered noise cancellation into the mix, uh, being able to just automatically sense and block out things like door slamming in the background and not oh, transfer nice. them across. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Of course, the way it was presented in the article, this was Ars Technica still one of my favorite tech news sources ever mm -hmm. um was that uh it was competing with zoom of course zoom explosive growth and google meet is one of those okay i'm, I'm still here pay attention to me or at least that's how i feel about it but that's sure. that's yeah. pretty cool and um i as i skimmed through that article as well uh, i guess what was neat and doesn't surprise me at all is that they said they built that technology on top of obviously giants from Google. So Google and voice assistants and being able to do text-to-speech, this is not new technology to Google. It's something that they've had on the platforms that they use for a very long time. So they didn't just overnight develop this from the ground up. They actually borrowed a lot of technology that's been doing good things in uh, the Google space for a long time. So uh, that made a lot of sense and is actually pretty cool too. Awesome, man. Yeah. And I saw you had a little note in here about um, Apple to announce ARM transition for all Macs yeah. at the I... their worldwide developer conference. And I thought it was funny too, because I saw the, the first two articles on TechMeme this morning. The first one is that one, is that they're, they're shifting to their own ARM procs. The very next article is the new Intel chip flaws uh, being disclosed. One can leak secure enclave data, and the second allows cross-core info leakage 
I was like, Ugh, had time for. <laughs> not been a good year or two for uh, speculative compute sort of issues that yeah. sound like they might be the same thing. I, I mean, well, not the same. That's the wrong way to say that. But uh, yeah, no, that's what it is. It's uh, I mean, it's, it's more speculative, speculative execution. execution. Yep. <sighs> Brutal. That yeah. you know, this is old old news at this point, and I'm far from an expert on it. But uh, I remember when I first read about like Spectre and Meltdown. It didn't. I didn't even know um, that speculative execution was so critical for some of the advancements that we made in the speed of processing. Right, yeah, and it makes so perfect sense now. Yeah. It, it's it's great. It's taking advantage of all of the advancements in silicon and how we do that stuff, and actually getting to the point where, just like it sounds, it's thinking ahead of what you might need and pre-prepping it, so it's staging it so that it's faster. That's the way lay version that that I understood it to be. But all of these exploits now that are being discovered to take advantage of what speculative execution or how it works yeah. is, is really disappointing because it, the, the only way you deal with that is to shut down some major, yeah, basically some major compute. You slow everything down. So that's, yeah. uh, that's a bummer. And for those of y'all that missed it, Tyler started to, started to explain it a little bit there. But speculative, exec uh, speculative <laughs> execution... These flaws are basically where if you're running through a process with a CPU and it guesses, hey, you might want A, B, or C next, it turns out you wanted C, but the processor allows you to see A and B, which you shouldn't have seen, right? So yeah, that's, that's what it is. And you can there. take advantage of, of being able to grab data that you shouldn't have access to because the processor wants to have it ready in case you're wanting to ask for that, but you shouldn't have seen it. So. Yeah, and I thought there were some pieces that are worse than that. Anybody want to come on and talk about that in more depth? I I would certainly enjoy the conversation. Maybe maybe be too deep from a propeller head perspective uh, for our audience, but um, I know that there are some folks out there that would probably enjoy digging, really digging into that topic. I I think it'd be fun to talk to them. So hit us up. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean that's that's the basics of it. I actually did I think like a five minute video of it and posted it to YouTube or something like that. But um. Anyway, yeah, be fun, yeah. To, fun to talk about. I was, I was surprised. Uh, back to the original headline, right? Apple announcing the ARM transition. I saw a little bit of news about that. I feel like yesterday, the day before, and, and didn't think too much of it because I think there's been a lot of, you know, hey, we're quote unquote dabbling in ARM, where what, AWS announced that they've got ARM instances now, and there are certain places where they're actually speculating that it will be as good or better than Intel for certain um, use cases, stuff like that. But uh, th what caught me off guard was that Apple's announcing a transition for all of it. And it makes perfect sense yeah. if you think about it from like their silicon perspective. I totally understand. It's not a, I'm not shocked. I was just surprised that it was like, nope, we're doing this. It's not an option. It's like what we're doing. So why, why do you think they're doing it? Uh, you mean, know, I haven't, like I haven't read about it integration. Enough. Well, <laughs> I, I've just got to assume that it's, um, it's it's a money thing it's economics so sure, they sure. they can more sort of down their walled garden path have ultimate control over what can and can't be done on the silicon with the silicon and they can tune it to the environment which i think is always in at least a part of apple's slant right yeah so that's well, my guess. I, yeah i, I was kind of curious to see if they would just start doing it themselves to have some control over supply chain maybe and, but still leverage other chip makers but it yeah. sounds like they're doing it 100 percent themselves 
Yeah, I kind of look forward to digging into that more and sort of understanding it and obviously seeing how successful it is. Um, I feel like Apple's usually got their head around what that stuff looks like. Not that they don't make mistakes, but um, if they're making that big of a change, then they probably already know that they can deliver a user experience that's going to be good, right? So I I can't imagine that this is like, oh my gosh, they made such a 50% of the performance and everybody hates it. No, I don't think that's possible. (laughs) Yeah. Well, man, I, I, again, I don't know enough about how that might play out, but it seems like, it seems like a big risk and maybe it becomes a big payoff, but it seems like a mighty big risk. Um, If you move to this completely and suddenly you've got some issues with it, yeah. Now, are you producing? Are you producing compute anymore? So it's a good point. I wonder what that's going to mean from backwards or forward compatibility. Right? Are are they going to? I can't imagine that whatever they're going to run on that is going to play about. nice. Well, yeah, exactly. This is one of the reasons that I always criticize. When a new phone comes out, they brick the old phone. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, you still have fanboys. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway. Anyway, yeah. Um, uh, There were a couple of uh, breach news articles I saw today. Um, A big one was that Honda uh, ended up having to suspend operations, like manufacturing operations in multiple locations. I think uh, Honda Motorcycles India, Honda um, headquarters in Japan. um, They had to suspend operations because of a, a virus attack. Um, or, or a malicious attack, right? Like a computer virus, yeah, not yeah, a coronavirus. Exactly. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Good point. It's unfortunate that we have to make that clarification right now. But I, I am, when we've talked about this before, like it's, it's difficult to look at the news and not see a new article about some sort of security breach. And this, I guess, was related to their network. Um, I haven't gotten all the details yet. But what I immediately went to was, they had a breach. They had something that started to run rampant in their systems, which means that there weren't yeah, ransomware. And, you know, they, they got it got more distributed more thoroughly than than probably should even be possible, um, and <laughs> and it caused them to have to shut down major manufacturing yeah. operations. Think about the cost yeah. of half a day of Honda's manufacturing. That's insane, right? Somebody- Somebody's talking about this on Twitter. Uh, let's see, Robin Waters. Yeah. And said, uh, insert joke about backdoors here. <laughs> car, car manufacturing. Ah, uh, right. ah, uh, ah. Uh. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I mean, just just think about it. So I I've I mean, we're we're in this industry, right? And and I work for a company that has made a huge push into the security space because it's so critical. Um there are lots of options. There are lots of things that need to be done to secure corporate networks and and also company devices, right? And endpoint yeah. devices. That was one of the things that came up is that employees didn't have access to the systems they needed through their laptops. So they just, they don't, it's hard to have a backup plan for every device in that touches your corporate network, right? Um, yeah. So protecting it ends up being critical, but it, it's amazing how often companies will sort of skirt what needs to be done because of the cost associated with doing it until something like this happens and it dwarfs every proposal they've seen in the last 10 years in total cost. And so, 
yeah, I, wow. I hate to see it happen. And then in the same breath, the next article was actually Nintendo just confirmed that in the leak, I think it was earlier this year, the 300,000 account leak that happened uh, in, from them, at, at least there was a little glimmer of good news, which is that no credit card data was actually taken in that breach. But think about how long it took them to announce that. So if the answer had been, yeah, our bad, it was leaked. We just found out in June that happened in what, April? I don't even know. I, I forget now. So many things have happened in between now and then. But. Well, that's our show, man. We're out of time. We need to shut it down. There's a uh, there's one article I just saw that I'm going to click or that I'm going to read after we after I finish up several other calls later. But physicists solve the mystery of the light speed cyclist. I didn't realize that this was a, a like an actual thing. Like a I'm not familiar light with that. It said, if you saw a bike blazing by at warp speed, so light speed, what sure. would it look like? So new research breaks uh, down the ways our the... eyes would process an object moving at light speed. I wonder if the reason, because I don't remember that one. Uh, there there were lots of neat postulates and, and sort of visualizations for uh, relativity, right? Sort of explaining what happens if you fire a gun on a train moving the speed of light or almost the speed of light, right? But uh, I don't remember that one. I I wonder if part of what makes it interesting is the, um, you know, angular momentum, but the speed of the wheel. So if a, a cyclist is going by oh, you that fast, yeah. then there are different points of the wheel that are going to be moving forward or backwards. Uh, I, I, I'll have to read into that. You'll that's right. That, that, that that's rings cool. a bell. Yeah, I just dropped it in the show notes so you can see Everything it. but the wheels seems like you could have picked literally anything other than a cyclist and you would have had a similar problem but the yeah wheel actually well you could pick a car too and then yeah and then any, the joke any. is what happens when you turn on the headlights <laughs> <laughs> all right shut Whatever. it down i gotta go get ready for all right <laughs> that brings another text tech breakfast podcast to a close y'all we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did and as always if you got news that we missed general feedback or the urge to join us on the show for a recording we'd love to have you hit us up on twitter or linkedin or however you know how to get a hold of us thanks for listening thanks for subscribing and we will talk to you tomorrow booyah later